This is alphageekradio.com. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Today on Casually Hardcore, League of Legends researching ways to curb toxic behavior. And I said that with a straight face. <laughs> uh, SVU, Gamergate. Winter is coming along very slowly. However, at HBO, winter is coming right on schedule. And can Fox actually make me care about the Fantastic Four? I don't know, man. All of this. And TV has returned Woot. on this episode of Casually Hardcore. Do not panic, oh disciples of Colonial Hand Egg. This is Casually Hardcore Live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. For Sunday, the 1st of February, 2015, this is a brand new but truncated episode of Casually Hardcore. And I am Gnome Wise. I am Dexa. And I'm Grail. And it is Super Bowl Sunday here in these states united. So we're going on air a little early. And we're going to do an hour-long show, so we have something for you guys to chew on for this week. But we understand that most people's attention is elsewhere today. I'll I'll, I'll give it to them finally. They, they attract a couple of viewers. Well, I mean, I think it's funny, like especially looking at my Twitter feed, it's either... All about the Super Bowl, or all about how much somebody is not caring about, about the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. See, but that's it's still I, about the Super Bowl. That's something I actively <laughs> avoid. Is the anti? It's because it's so such a hipster attitude. It's like, oh, it is. So many people like this. I must issue it, and yeah. I just use the word issue properly in a sentence. Oh. But but while I'm issuing it, I need to let make sure everybody knows that yes, I'm not. I must watch broadcast it. to the world that I am issuing it. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's like uh, no. I I try not to be that that guy. Right, right. No, I mean like in most things. If you're into it, awesome. I hope you get enjoyment out of it. If you're not, that's cool too. I hope you find something amusing to do on your Sunday then. I mean, exactly. On this show and on this network, we are all about celebrating geekdom. Yes. What is geekier than being completely passionate about something? Right. Correct. So Go, football fans. Go. It is your day. Yeah. I mean, there's some that are like, I got a friend that's like wakes up and from 10 o'clock on, I mean, the game doesn't start till 430. From 10 o'clock on, all he's doing is watching like background sto- stories about players <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, that's that's his day. I mean, it's like a holiday. Oh, he's him, psyching so. himself up. God. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, like, yeah. that's like reading the appendices to the Lord of the Rings in detail you know, once every year to refresh, uh, refresh your knowledge. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And speaking of the things that will be on TV, which the Super Bowl will be doing, but they're also doing a completely free 11 hour long live stream on the internet. That's 
awesome. Spectacular and very, yeah. very un NFL. Who's all about? You can't even mention the name of the contest in some, you know, without paying a licensing fee. Um, instead, now suddenly they're saying, "Well, we'll just give it to you for free via all kinds of devices on the internet." That's a bit of a reversal for the license fee happy organization that we've known in the past. Well, I mean, the NFL, despite being woefully behind the times when it comes to legal issues, yeah. Yeah. knows how to make money. Oh, and hell they yes. know how mm-hmm. they really tend to stay up on the trends and get in front of things. And they've come to the realization, hey, a lot of our people that like us are on the Internet and we need to make that an available outlet so people can watch our game and get into fantasy football and get into all the things that will generate us more money. They're very, very adept at that. Every year, they're, you watch what they do. They tend to be a trendsetter in uh, getting new eyeballs on their product. Yep. Go, football teams, go. Yeah. Yes. So we have... Uh gotten out of the Gilligan period on a couple yeah. shows. Yeah, and unfortunately, thankfully, this is a shorter show because I just realized we haven't watched Flash yet. No, <laughs> we have not. So we can definitely talk about Arrow, though, because we did watch the first episode, The Climb, of mm-hmm. that. Uh, or not The Climb, the, uh, what was the name? Yeah, of the I think it was The Climb. No, The, the Climb is where was he the, gets... Was, yeah, The Climb was oh, the, that's the, right. the cliffhanger. Ish. Uh, the one after that. But he comes, uh, yeah, basically you have the aftermath of that episode with the Scooby-Doo gang back in uh, Starling's, or not Starling City. <laughs> well, that, that's the proper name. That's the name. Um, yeah. Of, so of, there's, they're sitting back there wondering where Oliver Queen is at. Yeah. And, you know, most of them coming to the realization that he probably is dead with Felicity being the lone uh, holdout holdout, saying, no, no, he's been dead so many times. I'm sure he'll make it back. Which he has. Uh, I mean, she's right. So but you even have uh, Malcolm Merlin coming and going to the site and kind of coming back with the blade. Uh, Because he's so trustworthy. Which I like for the fact that (laughs) this guy's, you know, sent him there because he's hunted by the League of Assassins. Mm -hmm. So he decides to casually go to where they're based out of, basically, and to one of their holy sites just to check things out. Well, but he had strong motivation because he needed to know the outcome. Sure. Because his fate was hanging in the balance. He was betting that Oliver would relieve his debt by killing uh, the demon's head. No, not so much. Uh, He found all the evidence he needed to know that, okay, Oliver lost this one because Roz always leaves the the weapon behind. Right. And and he brought it back to Felicity. Here, test the blood. You'll find out it's Oliver's. Yeah. Um, He does does the great sociopath uh, getting all emotional in front of them. Um, about, and he owns the fact that he sent Oliver to this and, and manipulated Oliver into it. Well, yeah. He's not even trying to hide the fact. Nope. And, and he says, and, and now I'm a dead man. Uh, and, he, and for some reason, Diggle doesn't drill him through the head at that moment. Right. Uh, seriously. A bit of a mystery there. Um, Absolutely would have shot him. Oh, God. I, I, even if even if it would have winged him only because he's fast and he probably wouldn't die, but, you know, just the satisfaction Smith of... Smith and Wesson beats four aces. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but he carries a Beretta, so anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah so the they do their typical flashback format. Right. Uh, where we flash back to more of his time in Hong Kong. Or is it Hong Kong or Singapore? 
Uh, Hong Kong. Oh, he's in Hong Kong. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically set up the the work with his um, partner that he keeps getting forced to work with. Yeah. Whose wife is abducted, and you know, that's, that that had been set up in previous episodes. Yes. Um, and basically slowly telling the story of how Oliver put the pieces together to give them a shot at rescuing his wife. Right. Yeah, because the agency that uh, has them both kind of uh, blackmailed into working for them has not really super interested in getting yeah, his wife back. So we already yeah. have all the control over you we need, so too bad, right. so sad. Pretty much, yeah. And Oliver risks... Uh, you know, getting caught uh, doing things he should not be doing in order to give them at least a chance of finding his wife. Right. Mm-hmm. right. By planting a uh, locator on yeah. one of the guys. Yeah. And letting him live and escape so that they can track him. So he, he feigns hesitation with the bow and so, and, and then reveals the guy, I know I let the guy go. I didn't, I didn't choke. I chose. And yes. So that's basically setting up the, the debt that this guy has um, to Oliver because the reveal is he is the one who has come and found Oliver in the snow yes. and dragged him to a place where he can receive some treatment. Correct. Right. The mystery hut um, in the mountains outside of the city. Hutsville. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, then the big reveal there is that it's actually his wife who you're guessing judging from their interaction they're not together any longer um and they they the previous episode with the climb you know his partner from his flashbacks has gone through a rough patch obviously Mm -hmm. because he's kind of serving the league he's given up his previous identity and because of the way they set the story up you're led to believe that his wife probably didn't make it and that may have been what drove him over the edge you find his wife alive which means that kid's probably a dead dead kid yeah yes so that we, would be we, the logical they, actually jump. Sh- they only showed us the setup for rescuing the wife here we have the chance and the next thing we know we've seen her okay so okay clearly she survives but there's right. a, obviously a story yet to be told there yeah correct so uh but she and she's proven in the past she has Ancient Japanese secrets of tea and incense mm-hmm. that, that cause cool stuff to happen. So obviously she can resurrect. She's the dead. a potions master, yeah. basically, is what it comes down to. It from Harry Potter. No, pretty much. She's a full metal alchemist. Anyway, oh yeah. Um, so yeah. So the the supposition you know, they managed to get him there, clinging to life, and that's where we leave him. Mm-hmm. Is but the, there's our MacGuffin for oh there's someone there's a someone watching over him who owes him a life debt and is here to repay it right um so duh Oliver survives what a shocking outcome I can hardly believe the writers chose that yeah <laughs> yeah we all knew he was going to survive it was, was, survive. Just, it was just how, how he was going to survive right? it was going to be overtly mystical or superheroy no he's just he's a, Strong guy, so he good can, friends. Right, but it, well, there was I mean, there's going to be some mysticalness coming into it because we, she's we basically going to keep a guy who had a blade drabbed in him alive through yeah. smoke. <laughs> I mean, smoke, so. smoke, smoke, and potions. Don't forget the herbs. Potions, He's going to fill him so. up herbs. Herbalism <laughs> that's so important. Yeah, um, but it's very much a character episode. So we see uh, Felicity interacting with her 
new boss slash future superhero yes. uh, mm-hmm. and past superhero because you can't look at him and not see Superman. Um, I don't know, he's done a good job so far really making me he, he is distinctly not different. see him. Yeah. Yes. Um, and Felicity basically saying to him, I can't go down this road again. <laughs> right, yeah, pretty right. much. I see where you're headed. You're Without gonna... telling him, I can't go down this road right, again. Right, but basically you clearly see her motivation is I'm, I'm not going to stand by while another person that I have some feelings for commits slow suicide. Right. Pretty much, yeah. Which, which is where she's standing with Oliver because you know, she had the lovely gift of, hey, I totally love you and I'm finally able to admit it and now I'm going to go die. Right, yes. exactly, yeah. That was, uh, he's kind of ruthless. When he's an ass, actually. Yeah. It's like, I can't be with you, but I'm going to kiss you. Right. And then tell you how much I love you. But I'm Yeah, and like, you please don't tell me you love me if you're not going to be with me. I love you. I'm like, really? Uh-huh. You're such a jerk. And then he'll get killed from her perspective. Now, when he comes back, she's probably going to be supremely pissed off at him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, most likely. We shall see. Um, so there's be some interesting dynamics there. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the other big dynamic was whether or not the group that's left over of Arsenal, Diggle, and Felicity could continue to go on. And obviously... They, or want to continue to go on. And want to go. Yeah, obviously yeah. they had some... De- like, Felicity, once she kind of comes to the acceptance that Oliver He's, most likely is dead, is like, I'm out. She's done. And He's, Diggle's kind of on the fence, and uh, the kid is... Well, is do whatever do the whatever. other ones do. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of just following along. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting, you know, kind of testing that team dynamic when they don't have their leader there. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a, a interesting well, I story. Mean, Arsenal didn't lose stride at all. No, and no. For a while, Diggle is dressing up in Oliver's <laughs> uniform to <laughs> pretend that there's still a presence. Right. Of and he's like, the suit is too tight. Suit is yeah. too tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like missing archery. She's I can't like, shoot. I got, like, yeah, I'm used to guns. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, that was yeah. clever. Very entertaining, fun bits there. But also, yeah. you know, they're they're maintaining the illusion that the uh, arrows around arrows still there. Yep. And let's see the flash, which I know you haven't seen yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, whoops. No, no autoplay. Damn you. Um, <laughs> has it's, it's 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 not the greatest episode. Oh. Um, Really? It's not terrible, but it does do some things where they're setting up some kind of unnamed larger menace in the background. So we have Captain Cold and uh, their version of Pyro. I don't remember. Basically, convenient guy with with fire. Fire, yeah. um, Fire gun and guy with ice gun working together. Yay. Yeah. But the stupid, the, the, the techno babble from Cisco in this one is just. Bad. Horrifying. Basically, <laughs> the the thing that they, you know, you've got to get them to shoot their guns at each other because his generates absolute cold and his generates absolute heat. It's like, um, no, absolute zero and it's just freaking stupid. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because this... <laughs> Or, you know, you can do that really thing where you run really fast and just take their gun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're trying to avoid. They're, some, they're leaving aside the fact that he's the, – the other thing is he's constantly improving his speed. He's yeah. really driven to get better. And he could totally just run behind these guys and – Grab the gun. Grab the guns. Yes. I mean, we've, he's demonstrated the ability to do exactly that. 
but they need them to be threatening, so they just kind of conveniently forget that fact. And it's all about, oh, I got tagged with the freeze gun, which has slowed my molecules down, and oh, it's it's one of the few things that can hurt me. Yeah, but he has to hit you first, he has asshole. To hit him. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it, that's the part of it. it's like, uh, no. You're, you're, yeah, that's, it's, the, that's the problem with characters like this is it's hard to threaten them. It's like su- the Superman problem. You got to find something to throw at him for there to be a story. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest challenge I think they're going to run into is that I mean, Flash is B plus A minus yeah. on the power curve. Yeah, he especially is, when he comes into his own. He's pretty power, and he's already showing he's pretty damn powerful. Mm-hmm. So the the level of of opposition has to go up believably. Yeah, and that's I think they're struggling with that cuz right. this was not a believable. Their villains are not top notch. This was at not all. a not a credible threat. No. Um but the the bit is is the the tease at, the tease at the end is the guys are all in uh the transport to prison and somebody attacks and frees them and Captain Cold looks up at the un, unrevealed person and says something like hi honey. And fade to black because he's basically very confidently sitting there the whole time. Now, Captain Cold, one of his MacGuffins in this framework is he is incredibly intelligent and right. a planner. He plans, you know, 75 steps ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's he had a plan the whole time. Apparently, this is all part of his greater scheme. And there's some somebody else out there, at least an individual, maybe an organization that is coming together to oppose uh the, the flash and his the team. flash and his team. So this is the beginning <laughs> of the building of, of of the you know evil league of evil, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right, Legion of Doom. So they're laying their their groundwork for that. Yeah. Um, That'd be okay. I mean, yeah, again, we'll I think, and I think it, him. I like the the way they re envision Captain Cold. Even though I hate the name, I wish they could have just. I mean, they won't. No they won't let go that. of it. Uh, so. <laughs> But I liked his envision the envisioning of the characters being that planner, especially when you couple it with the crossover episode where Arrow basically shows that's Flash's biggest weakness. Right. He's, he's not paying attention. Yeah. And so he if you get, get somebody going to get him right, everywhere. And if you get somebody who can really plan around that, that's that's his weakness more than anything else. And, right. But they need to then show that in a clever way and not just be, Oh, flash for some reason decided not to run today and yeah. got shot with a gun. And it may be <laughs> that the re- reveal will be that he was deliberately off his game during this episode in order to get caught for some reason. Right. Cause he right. seemed to be completely prepared for all of it. He either had things in place for all eventualities or this was all part of my evil plan. plan. So yeah. we'll see where they, where they go with it. Um, okay. hmm. The I'm more interested in talking about the episode that we'll talk about next week, where they yeah. take one of the lamest villains ever, the Pied Piper. Oh, oh God. God! And they make him awesome. Okay, interesting. Yes. That's good. Um, so there's a little preview for next week. It, it as as meh as the one we just talked about was. This next week is okay. That's See now you're taking a taking the stupid and you're putting a shine on it. And you, you've proven the writers have proven. Hey, we got game. We can do. You know, we we've gone for what's the dumbest you know villain we can. Pied Piper. Okay, and they wrote an episode around it. It's like, all right, that was cool. Mm. Um, nice, so, interesting. Yeah, okay. so we'll talk about that more next week. Next week. week. All uh, right. 
So, yeah, to TV going to be dominated today by the great sports competition. And so in the uh, land of stuff from the Reddit group, and you can, ooh, crap, Why, what are you doing? I did not tell you. <laughs> I, Look, apparently it's time for music, okay? It's, uh, Hulu Plus it just keeps wanting to autoplay things. Oh, then time for movies. Yeah, apparently. Yes. So from uh, the Reddit community, which is alphageekradio.reddit.com, or you can just follow the community link from our website, um, from polygon.com. Want to make Toxic League of Legends players more pleasant? Limit their chat. Okay. Uh, Do it. Yeah, show me. Because few things are more resourceful and inventive than spammers and trolls and their ilk on the internet. Well, when you read the article, they show you. Yeah, they actually uh, have some statistics. Yeah, they have actually that. numbers, so... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that will help their perception because what they're battling against is human nature. So you can play 40 games in a row with completely pleasant people. What you're going to remember is the one toxic 12-year-old ass that ruins one game for you. You know, deliberately runs into the walls and throws the game and feeds and just does everything he can to ruin your experience all while spouting hateful vitriol in the chat channel that because of the way human brains work sticks out in your mind and causes you know rage that is exponentially greater than the calm and awesomeness of the previous 39 games so if it's not zero it's still going to be perceived as a problem i'm not but i don't know man when i played wow I didn't really, I mean, I can remember two or three of the really big jerks, and one was mostly memorable because then Grail went and trolled the hell out of the guy, which was amazing. (laughs) But, um, you know, other than that, I don't really remember a lot of the really bad things that happened. Mostly, I remember the really cool raids we were all in and, you know, the cool conversations. So I guess it just depends on what you're focused on. And if you really just want to go in there to enjoy the game, you're probably going to end up with more of those memories than you will the two or three people that were just jerks. Yeah. Well, and the best part of this article is the reveal that Riot has a player behavior team. Yeah. I know. Today I learned that that's a thing. It is a thing. And it's it's headed up by a, a doctor of cognitive neuroscience. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, there's a lot of things thrown out in the article, and Riot actually has a post on the League of Legends site that goes into a lot of detail on this. But, I mean, just understand, 67 million yeah. people play this game mm-hmm. monthly. That's six times the installed base of WoW. That's a hell of a sample size. That's And so they make the point that they saw a reduction of... Uh, Four mm-hmm. percent, but when you take a four percent reduction Times. of sixty-seven <laughs> million, yeah, you've made it's huge. You've made headway. And so, like as a, a League of Legends player, if if I go through five games, and right now four of the five have toxic players in it, mm-hmm. but they start implementing this, and it becomes three out of the five or two out of the five, you're going to notice that's that's an impact. I mean, it makes it a more fun experience if you can get to the point where uh, it becomes the aberration to get the toxic player versus the norm. 
yeah. Which, you know, definitely for a while there that's probably the was, was the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a good thing. And they're, um, you know, again, they're just trying a bunch of different things to see what works. And they make the, the point that this was much more effective compared to just outright banning. And I think they're heading in a good direction because when you look at it, esports being as big as they are now, but not as huge as they could be. If it continues on this route and they end up being on par with like Super Bowls and, and things like that, they're going to need their players are going to need to behave. Yeah. You know, because nothing is worse than when your your favorite sports player is just a mess and it brings it brings the team down. It brings bad publicity. It just it, well, yeah, it's I mean, not the- a good thing. So I think they're actually curbing that before they start it. Yeah, and, and you need look no further in professional sports than, you know, traditional football and, you know, football hooligans. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, fans who have Ugh. killed people. Right, right. Um, or caused riots that have killed people. I mean, that, that is not the kind of press. And I'm not saying that, that being an ass and a toxic player rises to the level of killing someone, but it's the same kind of you don't want that associated with your sport. Yeah, correct. And they, I mean, league when for their professional players, uh, they've always been pretty hardcore about their rules around a toxic environment. Those type of things. they've banned players for for you know, an entire season mm-hmm. just due to toxic behavior from the pro level. Now they're kind of got that under control. They're focusing now, like, okay, if we get people watching our games and we get a new player to come in, we need to make sure the environment is somewhat conducive yeah. to having them continue to play uh, versus, you know, them playing two games and going, oh, why, screw this. Why would I subject myself to this? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's, all, that's just good business sense. Yep. It's great business sense. That's actually amazing that they're doing that. Yeah. So in the land of television, also from Polygon.com, I know, and now I, I know, you know, from the, the back to the earliest days of the Law and Order Empire of shows, mm-hmm. it's always was ripped from today's headlines. Mm-hmm. Always, you know, that was their their thing going from the from the get go in the early days. You would see direct correlation between recent stories that were headlining news and rolled directly into episodes of Law and Order, and they're continuing that with. Uh, Law and Order SVU, which is the remaining uh, Law and Order show on the air, right? And they're grabbing onto GamerGate. Yeah, mm-hmm. ripped from today's headlines, or they should say, massively misinterpreted and uh, misrepresented from today's headlines. Because the headline, <laughs> most of the, if you look at the mainstream m- news and media coverage of GamerGate as they've touched it, they've been pretty routinely and fabulously off the mark as to what the real issues were. Right. I mean, most of the mainstream I've read is like, really? You focused on that aspect of it? Okay. And it's been, been grabbing onto the most sensationalist parts. Sure. Doxing, death threats, rape threats, you know, all the, the horrifying aspects of it. And Gamergate itself is this incredibly convoluted thing that has grown several heads and it's it's like anonymous there is no central organization of either or any of the sides in the conflict it's just people kind of being pulled along for the ride people saying something publicly and regretting it because it was horribly misinterpreted some people deliberately trolling and being inflammatory 
um, all the worst things of the internet. Yeah. Um, yep. And but this one has risen to the level of being noticed by the mainstream, and now it's going to be. I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, what version of the idea they roll into a storyline. How they how they then uh, they're going to have to simplify it and dumb it down to be an easily digested mainstream plot item. So, well, they're going with the uh, aspect of it, which is the harassment of right. female developers, okay. uh, which was became kind of hand in hand what Gamers Gate stood for, even though that's not anywhere near to what the original cause right. and the whole movement was, has, was much morphed. more started about journalism and the covering of games and whether or not game journalism can be is biased or not, basically. Right. Correct. Uh, then it became this whole other thing, and that's but that's where they're at. So, I mean, for me, you know, really, did you have to in your description have right? What is it? Reina refuses to delay the launch of her game, and the cops must level up to protect I her. I know, like, yeah, really. <laughs> I, I will refer you to my previous statement, including the words dumbing down, okay? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, how many? I just I cringe at how many gaming references they're gonna make. Can during, you imagine? Yeah, like Ice T is gonna be like, I got a one up here. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll make. He he's the king of the wacky analogies. So you mean it's uh, just like when you do this thing, and then they're gonna have to do some kind of gamer related thing that's gonna be uh, oh, predicted to be horrifyingly bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 more what this is. That's the, my internal groan was from the oh god, they're going to get it, and, and people who are really a part of gaming culture are just going to look at this and say, no, that's that's not how this works at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's keep too in mind, bad. people, I mean, it's entertainment television. It's not meant to be um, intelligent. This is, this is not journalistic reporting. This is not <laughs> real life. This is. Based on some things we saw in the real world, we're going to tell you a fictional story. Yeah. Fictional being the important word. Mm-hmm. The sad thing is, is the best area that has tackled gaming issues has always been South Park. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that hilarious? They, they, they do all kinds of social commentary all over the map. That's I right. Mean, they, they've taken the crown away from Simpsons as, as the best satire oh, yeah. um, on television. For, sure. for years, you know, Simpsons was all about you know, satirizing anything and everything. Right. Um, and they've, they've, they've gone on long enough where they're not as uh, relevant as they Poignant, once were. Poignant, yeah. Yeah. And you know, they both get away with it because they're animated and the rules seem to be different and they're, you know, they, they're not censored as heavily. And Trey and Matt have always been completely fearless. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Nothing literally nothing is sacred. And that's tremendously freeing as far as topics to choose when you say nothing is off limits. We will we will make fun of it all equally. Um and they will have an endless supply of story ideas uh, given to them by real life on a on a weekly basis. And the other beautiful thing about South Park is their quick turnaround. I mean they they do those episodes over the span of a week. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're delivering the finished product the day of broadcast. You want to talk about you know relevant to today's hot topics? It doesn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, other than doing a live show on the day the events are happening, that's as good as you can get. And I don't feel like they're dumbed down either. You know, no, they're not. Right. That's that's a wacky thing. Watered about, down. They're it's pretty intelligent. True. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's offensive as all hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is not dumb. But you know, some some of these things are offensive. You know, trolls who who talk about raping and and you know finding people just because of a game that's offensive. You think? So, I mean, that's just that's you just civilized people mm-hmm. don't do things like that. Correct. Even when they have a shield of anonymity, you simply don't do that. Right. You know, human beings, people don't do that. If you do that, you are something other than human. Um, something is, is, is broken in you if you think that it's okay. And you actually think it's a laugh to issue that kind of threat to someone. Correct. Yeah. It's just my mind boggles at anyone ever talking themselves into thinking that that is okay. Never mind someone who actually intends to then do it. That person is truly broken and needs help. Um. Yeah, that's. I just. I, I try to avoid looking too closely at the Gamergate thing because uh, it just. It just aspects of it on all sides make my blood boil. Yep. Um, I find nobody uh, blameless in any of that. Everyone seems to be pulling out and stooping to lower and lower levels to try and argue their side of what has become a, a useless, time-wasting, destructive thing instead of a constructive examination of how things might get better Oof. and now yeah. it's going to be on svu yes mm-hmm. well some some form some form, some, of it some form ripped SVU. from today's reddit yeah. post so real quick i didn't actually put this in the notes mm-hmm. but it's worth your time especially in light of the today being super bowl day so conan o'brien did another clueless gamer segment <laughs> but this time with uh seattle seahawks running back marshawn lynch and <laughs> Uh, Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski awesome. playing uh, the new not yet released Mortal Kombat against each other and it was hilarious <laughs> like especially knowing Marshawn Lynch like oh my he talks gosh. So, so much, much during, smack but he talks so much during this it was so funny but the first time they do a fatality like, it's so the looks on their faces when they first do that they're like oh oh my god, oh god. and Marshawn's like I'm out of here I, I I can't take that. <laughs> yeah, Marshawn's a very subdued, very quiet kind of guy. It was, it was worth your time. Definitely. Interesting. I love, 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 love Conan O'Brien. Yeah. He's good. His sense of humor aligns with mine so much. Um, so, you know, he, he is my talk show host. <laughs> there um, you go. Well, you, you find the ones that you resonate with. Oh, yeah. And I, I never clicked with Letterman. Um, definitely in Leno, meh. Um, so him and, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, Craigie Ferg, Craigie Ferguson. Yeah. Um, you know, I could, I could sit and watch the two of them. Ferguson goes off mainstream way more than Conan. Conan keeps it simplified and funny. Um, Ferguson goes down all kinds of rat holes, uh, right. of, mm. of obscure, uh, you know, UK Scottishy stuff. That's uh, he did a whole intro dance number about Doctor Who, for God's sake, on an American late night television show. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> costumes and everything. Uh, nice original musical. Yeah. Okay, so I, I got it. I appreciate it. I bet you most of your audience did not. Right. But thank you for doing it for me. Um, but Conan routinely does stuff that just knocks me out of my chair. And oh yeah, the, the clueless gamer segment. That I got to see him 
doing it live at BlizzCon that year. Oh, cool. Um, they were, it wasn't up on the screen or anything. They, they right. just, I was standing near the podium where they had him commentating on um, eSports. And nice. He just had freaking it. <laughs> it was great. He's not even acting. He's just being himself. Trying. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. genuinely trying to understand and do it and do it well. That's what makes it funny. Uh, so, yeah, back to... All right, we got uh, about 20 minutes left. Yes. So... The publisher of Song of Ice and Fire, mm-hmm. surprising no one, <laughs> announced that uh, the next book in the series will not be published in 2015. Um, what a surprise. I was shocked and, you know, slash sarcasm. Uh, the subtext of that is that officially means the television series is going to conclude the plot before the book is published? Uh, most likely. Uh, they, they're on track still. But, I mean, figure out the television series right now is just hitting Feast for Crows, Dance with Dragons, since really right. they cross each other. But this, uh, the, the next book in the series is not the final book in the series. No, no. no. I think he said seven books now because he had to break Feast for Crows and Dance right. with Dragons apart. HarperCollins is going to post or publish some novellas in the universe this year, but not the Winds of Winter, which is the next right. full moving the story forward. And the novellas are <clears throat> the novellas are prequels. Right. right. So they're, they're going to so. give you character depth um, and examination, but not going to advance the leading edge of the story. Yeah. And yeah. I think The Hedge Knight was actually a graphic novel. Yes. It was. Yeah. Because yeah. I think we have that one. I've read it. It was good. How, how, um, we, how weird of a, of a journey to print is that? Yeah. No kidding. A graphic novel based on uh, the main work and then turned back into a full novel. Hmm. Right. I just work here. Um, but say it with me. George R. R. Mountain is not my bitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> not a bitch. True. True. I also liked that? his comment there. He's like, look, I'm not, I'm not going to mislead you. I'm not going to put clues on the site. When it's ready, there's going to be a very clear announcement <laughs> that says, here it is. Like, I, I'm not into, you know, trying to time it with any holiday or anything. So it's pretty funny. Like, I don't know how I can make this any clearer. There is no hidden code that I'm talking about. It'll be done, and I will tell you when it is done. <laughs> Even if it's 20 years from now. Right. Yep. So, that doesn't actually shock me, and I'm mostly happy because it means the creator remains deeply involved in the creation of the television series. That's an anomaly. Yeah. Most writers relinquish control. You know, they sign over the rights to production companies for a period of time, and they are often, at that point, locked out. Uh, when right. we're interviewing, um, losing my mind, Dresden Files, hello. Butcher. Butcher. Thank you, Butcher. He was talking about <laughs> feeling fortunate that because he knew a lot of the people involved in the creation of the TV series that they were accepting of his input, but he had no official say. Right. Correct. Because uh, he, he was out. He was only included because they uh, allowed him to be. This and the other, he's you know, contractually he is he's in there. He's writing some of the episodes. He is uh, obviously up to his eyeballs in the production of the TV series, and I think we're getting the quality of show we are largely because of that. Yeah, 
but also because he understands the needs of television and he's not being a dick about insisting like my word is sacred you must right. you must film every word or, and have three times more characters than you right. actually do right now right yeah. he's not being protective of the ad- he understands that this is an adaptation of my work and and it's a pretty good adaptation I it's think not it's fantastic yeah it's great as, yeah. As, i mean when i heard they were making game of thrones the first thing i thought was it'll it'll never work it's there's too much. How do you, how do you f- film that? There is a lot. Well, going I mean, on. to me, this is now. This is where they're going to earn their keep yeah. in these next yes. couple seasons well, because it goes Absolutely. off in so damn many directions. Yeah, the story kind of goes yeah a little crazy, and there's definitely some lulls in the books, but. The TV show may be able to kind of correct some of those flaws now, whereas before they were hitting the highlights. Now maybe they can actually turn it into something more appealing, at least than uh, Feast for Crows. Uh, though at the same time, you know, at some point I need to go back and kind of reread those books just to see. Yeah. Maybe I was just expecting something different, and maybe it, it's better the second time through. Well, and I'm I'm doing the hold off thing because I don't want him to, to Jordan or Zelazny me. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm waiting yeah. for the last book to come out, and then I will. I, I read three books in, and then I caught up to him at that point in the past, and had to wait for. This was before the TV series was even a right. thing. And once he's done publishing the end of the story, I will reread from the beginning all the way through. There you go. Um, and when I say read, it's totally going to be on Audible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the books all the way through, yes. I swear. That's how I consume my literature anymore. Because um, I drive a lot for my work, and it's, I just plow through books like nobody's business. And they've gotten really, really, really talented people um, in that industry doing great reads. Um, oh, Absolutely. The, I, I would never have read the Dark Tower series. I would never have, have been able to surmount that. The person they had reading it originally was stellar. Hmm. Absolutely spectacular. Hmm. Um, and unfortunately um, was gravely injured in a motorcycle crash and, and had to stop doing them. So the later ones were still very good. But the original reader set the bar so damn high. I mean, he, uh, he, he gave me Roland's voice. It's like Marsters, and then the one book that didn't have him reading it, you're like, so oh, jarring. oh you're good, but... Harry. No, this is not Harry's internal... Oh, God, thank you, he's back. He's back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> same, same thing. Um, and so that, that's how I will very likely consume Game of Thrones mm-hmm. once it hits its end. More Game of Thrones news. This one's from Wired.com. Rejoice! The season five trailer is finally here for Game of Thrones. Yay! And it yeah. looks, of course, freaking epic. Yeah, of course. Um, and the the internet lit up with with it was leaked. A really crappy copy was leaked a little ahead of time, and then the official all digital one came shortly thereafter, and people were dancing. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I think it's it, it shows that they're definitely going with the full timeline to tackle the season. They're not just limiting themselves to a feast for crows right. because you have Tyrion and obviously he's getting sent across the sea at this point. Um, 
and you have you're dealing still with Danneries. You have some pictures of John. So all the major players are still going to be having their stories continue. Yep. But now you have introduction of a lot of new folks, of course, again. Mm-hmm. Uh, in there are of, always new people. Yeah. So grist for the mill, my dear. Grist for the mill. Yeah. But you also have Arya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reaching her destination. It's right. Like. And that was kind of, you know, for a character I loved in the books, that was not the most interesting, but I think they can make it a lot more interesting from here on in, in the TV show. Yeah. Oh, I, I, think, her, I think Maisie nails Arya. Yeah. She, but I mean, actress. her time as the the cat, I can't remember what they called her, the cat in the shadows or mm-hmm. cat in the hat, who knows. Um, but <laughs> the, the cat, cat in the hat knows walks, a lot about I don't that. remember. But nonetheless, she had a different name for a little bit. And. Right whole time of her training was kind of like eh, eh, it was yeah. okay less, certainly less compelling than yeah um, but you the the bits where she, her character is d- developing into the the machine of vengeance that we know she will one day become yes so i think that's going to be cool and it, it looks great but again i think they have for the books they have they probably have at least two seasons mm-hmm to tackle those. So if he actually gets his sixth book out by 2016, 2016. they they still will be two seasons. He's still ahead. Yeah. He's and still depending ahead. on the length of the volume, that could be another two seasons. So right. who knows? We'll see. And yeah. a lot of, a lot of pundits are, are calling this as the moment that the TV show overtook the books. We shall see. Time so. will tell. Yeah. Uh, we, we're cheering for you, George. This is yeah. home, home, home team made good. Go, go, boy, go. All right. Uh, all right. So another trailer, that uh, teaser trailer that released since we last spoke, the Fox reboot of Fantastic Four. And they're going in an interesting direction with this, it looks like. Looks a lot different than... Uh, Way different than any Fantastic Four you've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, not, you know, casting aside. Yeah. Uh, I mean, racial interesting uh, things of obviously, okay, I guess they're not brother and sister anymore unless it's adopted. Right, uh, they're, right. They're different ethnic backgrounds. Yeah. Um, but just the tone of it. Oh, yeah. They've gone, they've gone interstellar on this. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is what the first thing it made me think of. I was like, oh god, this is this is the interstellar treatment, um, and you know the little bits they've revealed about they're not doing the cosmic rays spaceship thing. They're doing interdimensional travel as right. the mechanism of them receiving uh, their power boosts, and it's but the just the 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 look of it, the tone of it, the feelings like we're. This is serious business. Yeah. Well, their colorful costumes are gone. That alone is, you know, but that's it just, just makes more that's sense. That's just the X-Men effect. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's just, we're going to bring, the, but they were saying we're going to bring this to reality. And also, almost no powers were on display. There's, you, you could barely tell this was a superhero movie. Yeah. There was I mean, one glimpse of Johnny flaming on, right. you know, kneeling in a corridor. There's a bit with the thing kind of emerging from, from a, a, a boulder. Right. Yeah. And it, an implied Mr. Fantastic with him reaching, but his arm goes off screen so you don't actually see anything happening. Yeah. It's implying that he's going all stretch home. Um, 
And then there's one ensemble scene where you get to see all four of them from behind, you know, looking at a big beam of light going up into the sky. So you get a good shot of their super rocky version of the thing. Yeah. And then the other three just kind of standing there in, I'd say, their costumes. And I'm assuming those are like the parts of the space suit type interdimensional yeah. travel things we saw them in earlier. So their excuse for having costumes on is like, well, no, this is just... This is just our pressure suit. This is our flight suit. Yeah. Um, it just happens to look kind of costumey, but it's totally functional looking at the same time. Um, this is going to be an interesting one to watch. This is one where Marvel is actively working against Fox. They, they mm-hmm. literally will not be publishing Fantastic Four during, before, during, and after the time of uh, the movie's release. They have kind of done things to make sure toys are not an option for them, marketing-wise. <laughs> These very deliberate moves that we're going to try and sabotage your reboot because we want you to sell it back to us. Yeah. Yep. Um, all that being said, this was another moment just like Terminator Genesis where I came away against my own will interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, you start the, oh, God, here it comes. And it came out the other end with, huh, I'm now I'm very interested in seeing a full trailer for this. Yeah. Yeah. They've at least got me to that point where it's like, okay, I'd like to see a little bit more what the story is because the teaser is very just let's show you some scenes. Let's have some very – but it, the whole tone, like you said, was very dramatic, very much this is serious business mm-hmm. happening here. Less uh, fluffy. Oh, way less yeah. fluffy compared to uh, Chris Evans, you know. Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm, yeah. The silliness with the thing. I mean, it was it was a the they're very campy movies. Both the the previous Fantastic Four. Absolutely. Uh, So we'll see. Well, Uh, uh, this formula has worked for Fox before. Yeah. Their their take on the X Men was, you know, how would the world react to the emergence of superpowered beings? Um, Which was granted taken straight out of the original plot, but. Um, the other movies held too close to the, you know, the, the original Fantastic Four was published in an era of comic books where things were campier and things were sillier and they get yeah. things like the Pied Piper that we were talking about earlier being a serious right. villain. Um, and you know, keep in mind the first villain that the Fantastic Four faced was the Mole Man. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that just sums it up for you right there. <laughs> Our first challenge is the Mole Man. Um, but hey, but if you're good, you can take anything and run with it. You look at later reinterpretations of Mole Man as a serious adversary for the Fantastic Four, and it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and part of me is always cheering for a, you know, bring it out and make it a an interesting conflict, and then it doesn't matter that you call him Mole Man because he's badass. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, witness uh, the Dark Knight's Joker. Sure, exactly. You contrast that with the uh, earlier Batman version of Joker, and he was all over the top, chewing up the scenery, awesome in his own way, as a, as a spiritual descendant of the '60s TV series. Yeah, but I'll take the Dark Knight one any day. I'll take my psychotic Joker. Sure, over my merely unbalanced joker any day (laughs) yeah well i mean and i think the i as much as i'm not a fan of fantastic four i am 
liking the way Fox is creating their slice of the Marvel Universe. And if they can do well enough with this and start incorporating that alongside the X-Men franchise, I think they have an interesting landscape. They may have something. How awesome would it be if we lived in a world where two equally or at least similarly awesome Marvel universes on screen exist and are pumping out movies for us? Oh, yeah. Because you'll have the X-Men, Wolverine, Fantastic Four. They only hell, they even own the rights to Man-Thing. We could have an awesome Man-Thing. <laughs> <laughs> that could be their Guardians of the Galaxy. The one where you look at it and say, oh, God, what the hell? And then they put out the best damn swamp creature movie ever. And you're like, woohoo, go Fox Marvel Universe. <laughs> could totally happen. Like I'm, calling, uh-huh. I'm calling it right now. Okay. okay 2018 Man-Thing movie. <laughs> Breaking records at the box office. Alrighty then. I'm gonna pay for those words. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Thing that's that's Not a sure toughie. About that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the other properties that they have rights to. Is the only reason yeah. I bring it up. Uh, so here's yeah here's here's interested. Um, you, know, you 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 had my attention. Now you have my interest. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to wrap this up because there's other people who want to do their shows. Uh, whatever. So, if, gentle listeners of the podcast, you wish to join us for our live broadcast, which we encourage you to do. I know we're on at an off time today, and there was not a lot of advance notice, so people were not able to get into the IRC. I apologize for that, but I thought better than not having a show at all. Uh, but in deference to the Super Bowl, we wanted to make sure you know, we weren't conflicting with people's plans for that at all. And we got something into the feed for you. I have created... Uh, TuneIn.AlphaGeekRadio.com for people, and hmm. I encourage you to go over there and take a look. And I'm centralizing information on all the different ways to listen to the live stream, and there are many that you may not be aware of. Um, bring up the screen. In fact, most recently today, I added information on the Amazon Fire TV. Um, so. All the mobile devices via the TuneIn app at TuneIn.com, BlackBerry, Windows Phone, uh, Android, iOS, smart TVs, uh, smart radio devices like the new Amazon Echo. There's information here for Apple TV. There's links to the Roku app uh, for Alpha Geek Media for all the audio and video channels, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita. Um, the only ones that are kind of out there in Nebula land are the current gen of consoles, the PS4 and the... Uh, Xbox, Xbox, Xbox One. The TuneIn app for those is in real soon now status, uh, but has been in real soon now status for about four months. Um, longer than actually, it was like July of last year that uh, Microsoft and Sony put out statements saying, coming soon, here's a huge list of things, and TuneIn was prominently on both of those, and as far as I can tell, none of them have shipped. If you have a minute to mess with uh, your Xbox One, guys, and take a look and see if the TuneIn app has shown up, that would be good information for me. Sure. Um, and then all the different ways on. So wherever you are, if you've got an internet connection, there's likely a way for you to uh, tune in live. Uh, so check out tunein.alphageekradio.com for an ever-updated list of ways to hear us wherever you happen to be. Uh, as usual, a big thank you out to the moderators and participants in alphageekradio.reddit.com. Head over there, submit uh, story suggestions, things you see on the Internet that you think would be interesting to hear about or talk about. Submit them there, vote, and upvote, downvote, what you want to see and what you don't want to see. 
Follow us on the internet via Twitter, Alpha Geek Radio for the network, Hardcore Casuals for the show. You can email us, theshow at alphageekradio.com. That's theshow at alphageekradio.com. If you want to support the network or the show, head over to patreon.com slash alphageek. We appreciate any assistance you can send us. Uh, we are completely dependent on uh, community support and always looking to expand and do new things and at least make this pay for itself if I can. Yes. Uh, it's a happy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should be back next week. Regular time, regular channel, right? You guys got anything uh, yes. weird happening? Yep. No more, no more uh, big games or anything like that? Nope, Saturday's the big day. Yeah, should be should be fine. So cool. yeah. So we will be at our regularly scheduled live time. Bye-bye, radio people.